This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's Ask Stephen Larson Day. That's right. That's right. That's right. We go to the patrons at patreon.com slash Stephen Larson. And the YouTube channel members, all you got to do is click join on the YouTube. And uh, not only do you get to ask your questions here at Ask Stephen Larson, you also get access to our bonus episodes and the predictions challenge. We've got the week of champions coming up at the end of uh, August and the beginning of September. Correct. Uh, and uh, and you could participate in that as well uh, for doing any. Uh, if you do any of those things, you hit the join and you go to the go to the Patreon. So. Uh, with that being said, Larson, what's the first question today? First question today comes from Blake Whitehouse. Mm-hmm. Blake asks, is there anything CM Punk could do that is perfectly Eagles and Eagles legal? Got preseason mm-hmm. football in my mind. That's oh, perfectly yeah, legal Eagles. in the eyes of the law that would cause Tony Khan to actually fire him. So uh, correct me if I'm mistaken here. When the news started coming out that Punk was, in fact, returning, wasn't there some rumors reports that he had to sign some documentation? Um, you know, perhaps yeah. non-disparagement type stuff. Right. Yeah, that's that's what the rumor was. Yeah, yeah uh, in advance of him returning to AEW. Now, I think, obviously, those documents, those forms were in place to protect AEW should CM Punk have a repeat of what happened at the All Out Media Scrum. Right. In yeah. which event, if Punk... Uh, uh, violates the terms of those particular agreements, I would think mm-hmm. AEW mm-hmm. would, in theory, let yeah. him go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, like, like bad mouth in the company, I think another brawl out would probably get the job done. I mean, the press conference, not even the, the backstage brawling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, like the press conference, the media scrum. I think, yeah, I would think that him publicly running down the company um, or running down Tony Khan would probably get the job done. That would probably, you know, it is still funny. Like after hearing about all this, it is funny because like the fightful select report that dropped yesterday about CM Punk and Jack Perry, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, Punk after multiple people in various departments telling Jack Perry, it's not a good idea to do this glass bit with real glass. They asked Punk to go talk to him, and according to Fightful Select from Punk's camp, he did so in a in a calm, rational manner. Um, it is curious to say the least that one promo from CM Punk that he regretted after the fact as having been a joke that didn't quite land, mm-hmm. and then there's just a waterfall of there's a flood. Of like ne- like that the the Perry uh, the Jack Perry thing was like in June apparently mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. according to Sean Ross Sapp anyways uh, and uh, and you know all the stuff about people being sent home and Hangman apparently wasn't even sent or he wasn't he wasn't sent away they just decided to do the promo from a different location yeah, yeah. it's just curious that like all this stuff it's like somebody was waiting for him to slip and then. <laughs> Now, that doesn't say there aren't issues there. Yes. 
Um, but uh, but I don't know. The whole thing is uh, is 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 disappointing, and and you know, it seems it, untenable at this juncture. It seems like it might get to that point. I mean, if somebody, if if the elite or whomever might be behind orchestrating this cavalcade of information against Punk, if they're responsible for it, it seems that these shenanigans are just going to continue. But the fact that he seems to be doing certain things that those people want to get out there because they don't think it's beneficial. The whole thing just seems like a mess. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, dude, unless it is him directly criticizing in a way that echoes the original media scrum after all out unless it's that i don't know that there's that there's much else unless he loses unless he loses the you know there are there are multiple wrestlers who like cm punk uh ftr starks uh, uh brody king uh, the entire house of black danhausen plenty of the wrestlers there in AEW, largely the ones on collision really appreciate CM Punk. If he loses them, yeah. then that might that might hurt his cause. Even if it's nothing that happens publicly, if it's all behind the scenes, if he's the guy running the show and he doesn't have the locker room, you know, with him, mm-hmm. you know, there just could be some backstage stuff that doesn't really make its way public that could be as undoing as well. Possible. If he doesn't have anybody backing his various plays, that's possible. I mean, I, I guess when it comes down to it, if he were to say or do something that, in the eyes of Tony Khan, uh, would cost the company money, yeah, whether that's disparaging the company publicly, whatever the case may be, losing the, the portion of the locker room that he has, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, um, I think that would be, you know, first and foremost, along with whatever paperwork or, or legal forms he had to sign before coming back. Those are probably the two ways that that it could happen. Barring that, though, it does seem like the guy is fairly untouchable, doesn't it? Oh, look at this last segue, because we got a question here from Andre Zimple. At this point, do you feel that Phil is doing and saying anything he wants because he feels that he is? Untouchable. Untouchable, and Tony won't do anything since he brought him back and didn't buy out his contract. Kind of. So... <sighs> I'm going to say that I think Punk understands that he has a certain amount of leverage with Tony Khan. Oh, he understands. He's got a ton of leverage with Tony Khan. <laughs> well, a certain amount can be a large amount. Uh, a certain large amount. Um, does he feel untouchable? Here's my thing. Here's my thing. And it's funny because, like, in the comment, I've, I've you know, somebody yesterday said, Oh, I, I haven't heard you guys say one positive thing about Punk, even though in the episode yesterday I said, I think that if he if he is yeah. responsible, which I think he is for um, a lot of the direction of collision, I like a lot of the direction yeah, of collision. We had an extended conversation about that. I know. People want to hear what they want to hear. But, um, but I do think that Punk is... I think I do think that he is trying to make collision into a winner. I think yeah. that he is taking pride in making collision into a winner. And regardless of what people have said about him in the past about being a locker room leader, I think he is trying to demonstrate that he's got leadership capabilities because leadership capabilities. Thank you. Because he feels he can craft collision into a winner show. And in order to do so, he's the one heading up that that task. And so he, by nature of that, it would automatically make him a leader. 
Um, I think it's I think it's coming from a place not necessarily of ego, although I think plenty of that is involved. Yeah. But sometimes one comes with the other. He has the ego to think that he can make collision into a winner. And, 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 you know, maybe you need a character like that to do that. I don't know. I don't know. But it depends. I don't know which one's going to get in the way of which. You know, is Collision going to end up being a winner or is his ego getting in the way of that ever coming to fruition? Yeah, and we talked about that today on our, our Raw recap, whether the backstage drama, you know, whether it's initiated from Punk, some other party, whoever, is that going to overshadow what Collision is and becomes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right, if Collision right, right. ends up being a pretty huge success, not just in terms of ratings, even though this last Friday, uh, Saturday didn't do very well. Oh, or, I didn't even see the numbers. What was, was the like numbers? It was in the 400s, I, thought, I think. It wasn't a huge was increase it, from the one that was against SummerSlam. Was there Was there another SummerSlam this weekend? No, what there wasn't. Saturday? Not that I'm aware of. Triple Mania didn't start until afterwards. Yeah. So much for the AAA book and Triple Mania after uh, Collision ends, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no. But that, you know that's the risk is do the does this drama overshadow whatever success the collision has whether it's in the ratings whether it's creatively whether it's both if this stuff keeps happening as yeah, far as is is Phil feeling untouchable I'm I'm guessing it's and you got it right I'm sure he has he wants to genuinely make collision a good show maybe even better show the dynamite. Some yeah. of that might be because of ego. Some of that might be spite to stick it to the elite. And some of it just might be he has a vision of what he thinks wrestling should be, and he'd like to see if that is successful on a larger platform. I think competition's not a terrible, you know, that, that competition can be healthy, yeah. It can be. Healthy competition could be healthy. Um, yeah. Unhealthy competition, not so much. Um, and he completely understands, I'm sure, the amount of leverage he has over Tony Khan. And I'm sure if he's in a position where he feels like if he needs to exploit that leverage to get something he wants, he knows how to do it. Yeah. yeah. And he might not necessarily be afraid to do it. Is he untouchable? I think to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But obviously, as we mentioned in the last, uh, last question, if he signs stuff saying he can't do X, Y, Z, he can't do those things. He can't If he can't disparage the company, he can't do that. So it's not like he could go into, in front of an open mic again and blast everybody in the company. Can't do that again mm-hmm. without losing his job. Mm-hmm. So he's not completely untouchable. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he completely understands the leverage he has, I would think, uh, uh, on Tony Khan. Yeah, if he has to, so. If he has to use it, he will. I mean, if it's, if it's true that after his return, uh, Tony Khan stood up at Gorilla and started chanting CM Punk, I mean, he probably, he probably realized. I think as Punk was walking by. Yeah, as he was walking by. Would that make you feel uncomfortable? Absolutely. If you're Punk. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or if you're just not Punk and you're just. If I was there, there what, when to sing it? Yeah. I would cringe so hard. That is, that is a, a serious cringe moment, yeah. If it's true. I hope if it's, it's not. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> For Tony Khan's sake. I know. I hope it's not true. I know. I know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Uh, we can segue to this next question now. Ed Munoz says, in your opinion, what is worse? Getting accused of being an AEW mark or WB mark. The former wow. feels like they think it is cringy, balding elitist with no friends, while the latter thinks you're, uh, wow. Oh, wow. Someone who doesn't watch real wrestling, uh-huh. respectively. Over the years, you guys have experienced with being called both lol. Yeah, dude, on a day-to-day basis. One day, we could be called WWE drones. Yeah. The next day, we could be called AEW. I think it's been a while since we've been called AEW shill, though. I feel like we've been pretty consistent with our criticism of AEW. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Watch what you like. If you don't yeah, like right. something, don't watch it. You don't oh, have to come on. blast That's, somebody for liking listen, something you don't. Listen, no, 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 no. That's I'm not throwing gasoline That's on fire or tribalism, man. Hold on, that's a responsible answer, and it's one that I endorse. However, that ain't the question. <laughs> What's? Let me read this again. What's worse? If you're an AEW mark, you people think that you're a cringy, balding elitist. Well, both of us are balding. Uh, yeah. with, no, with no friends. We have friends. We're each other's friends. Yeah, we have each other. Uh, while the latter thinks that you're a, you didn't want to read this, I'll read it. You're a stupid man child that doesn't watch a lot of real wrestling. I, I feel like what's, what would be worse? I feel like being called an AEW mark is worse. I'd rather be a stupid man child that doesn't watch a lot of real wrestling Versus a cringy, balding elitist with no friends. And why is that? <laughs> Which would you rather be, Larson? <laughs> a cringy, balding elitist with no friends? Or I mean, I feel like I already checked at least a couple of those boxes right now. So. Bro, look, I, I'm pretty sure I'm already a stupid man child that doesn't like to watch a lot of real wrestling. Because I'm like, these 45 main event, 45 minute main events on Collision, they're, oh, they're too getting, much. They're getting a bit tiresome on a weekly basis. They are. Give me a five minute Omos match. Come on. Man. Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. There's yeah. fun to be had. Enjoyment to be had with both companies. Let me ask you this in the spirit of the question. In sure. the spirit of the question. Sure. Given that you're on, you know, you're still on on the Twitter, the X. Yeah, in the morning um, I'll drink my, my tea and eat my breakfast. Do you let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Do you go to the following tab or do you ever go to the for you tab? Um so when I'm on the morning it's generally to check news for the show for the day. And so I'll generally go to the for you because then it gets outlets new yeah. sources and yeah. stuff okay. that i may not yeah. follow and also you know not that i necessarily for the most part the stuff i find on the on the for you tab i want nothing to do with but on yeah. occasion there's a perspective that i go oh okay yeah that's something to think about yeah i i agree i'm almost exclusively on the for you tab these days and it's simply because even the people that i'm that i follow i might miss something earlier yeah. and it'll show up in the for you tab yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i've managed to, to, to block enough uh, uh, accounts that my, even my for you tab is curated enough that I don't come across on a regular basis stuff that's too terribly cringy. It still happens and it pisses me off, but that happens block and then I move on with my day. So I will say this, and this is not to disparage anybody who simply enjoys AEW or WWE or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not because we have plenty of friendos who love one or the other or both. Yeah. And, and they're totally normal people. They're regular people. Yeah. I have noticed though, and I honestly think it's because the people who want to criticize WWE 
the most have simply fallen off. They just don't they just don't pay attention to WWE because they left the product. Yeah, could be. AEW because it's so new mm-hmm. has this whole like subculture yeah. of of really cringy yeah. like, you know, diehard AEW uh uh you know, AAW accounts that just completely go overboard i tend to see a lot more now there are plenty of then on the other side like the aw botches thing where they pick apart every little botch and and act like it's the end of the world yeah that's cringy as hell as well too um but i have noticed that the aew like the the super scary passionate aew fans seem to be a bit more just there's a bit more of those than on the other side, like I don't see that same passion with W with pro WWE. Content. You know, there was a stretch where I did. Oh, did and you? I think okay. because I've managed to curate my timeline oh, to such a degree yeah. that it's it's uh, I don't get the far extreme position so much anymore. Um, yeah. So I don't see. I actually don't see a whole lot of the, of extreme WWE yeah. bias or extreme AEW bias. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, because you're right. That stuff is total cringe. I, 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 mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't want, I don't want to see that stuff um, because it's not come. It's just coming from of of illogical fandom. There's no, mm-hmm. yeah, right. It's yeah. just because it's just whatever bias they have, whatever the case may be, and that drives the perspective as opposed to like, look, there's a lot of stuff that we appreciate about AEW. There's a lot of things they need to fix. And, yeah, and sure, yeah. there's a lot I like about WWE. There's a lot about in terms of their business practices, especially oh, that yeah, I really yeah. don't like. You know, yeah. no company, neither company is without their flaws. And to mm-hmm, yeah. to come from a position where my company is the ideal professional wrestling, while this other one's hot garbage. Sorry, you're not going to convince me. You're not. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, if yeah. the if your goal is going on social media to try to convince your average wrestling fan that this company's better than this one. When you're not willing to accept any criticism of the company that mm-hmm. you are, you know, number one fan of, yeah, right. And there's no point in engaging in that conversation. Yeah, no, there, there really isn't. Um, although sometimes I do. Um, no, I don't know. I, I, I think that, and on top of that, <clears throat> especially with like the anti, I've noticed this though with the anti AEW sentiment, which isn't even necessarily pro WWE sentiment. Yeah. It seems like there's an element of fandom out there. That's simply anti AEW never says anything about WWE or nobody else. They just want to hate on AEW, which is interesting to me and and disheartening to see it. But so much of the arguments are, I'm, I'm a big fan of having honesty in your arguments. Yes. And I see so much disingenuous, and this goes beyond wrestling. This is everywhere. Yeah, so many right. dishonest, disingenuous arguments, um, anti AEW sentiment that I don't really see much in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there, there is that element as well that it's like you know, there's there's a lot you can say about AEW. There's a lot of criticism you can le- uh, yeah. levy at AEW. Yeah, a lot of the criticism. So you don't need to be dishonest with it often. You know, so I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Anyways, what's the uh, what's the next question? Next question here from Mondo. Mondo asked if the uh, Screen Actors Guild strike goes on long enough that The Rock is actually available for WrestleMania. Do you still think they'll go with Cody versus Roman? Or they'll push Cody aside in favor of The Rock. It's going to be The Rock. Push Sorry, Cody. Away. Finish the story yeah. another time. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. Cody might have chosen the worst time to finish his story because it might be a long time. Yeah, it might be a while unless he changes his mind. The World Heavyweight Championship's finishing the story. I have no idea if the strike is going to last another eight months, but um, but if if The Rock 
because I know The Rock has plenty of business interests, mm-hmm. but given that Hollywood does take up a lot of his business interests, mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if the strike was still going, if he was like, I can make time. I can totally make yeah. time now for a big payday and, and you know, doing doing a Mania match. And, you know, like his fortunes uh, in terms of the, 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 the reception of his films of late, it's not mm-hmm. been yeah. good if he thinks, yeah. all right, I don't want to be... I don't. I, I still want to be part of the zeitgeist. I don't want I need to win. culture to pass me by. I need to. Yeah, I need to win. And mm-hmm. maybe being involved in WrestleMania is that win that's going to get me back up to the upper echelon of of, of Hollywood, following a string of flops. Or at least, I mean, you know, it doesn't even have to be, you know, get back into at the head of Hollywood. It's just like. I want to be part of the conversation that's oh, out I feel there. Vital again, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. And what better way to do that in front of seventy thousand? You know, 70, they're gonna people, what, yeah. What's the uh, what's the do we know the capacity? Oh, of for Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. Yeah, do I don't know off the top of my hand, but I can look that up. Because as soon as they can, they're gonna try to beat like you know whatever whatever record AEW ends up setting with All In. They're gonna try to beat that for reals, not just a kayfabe yeah. number. I don't think it's one of the larger. So the capacity for a football game is sixty-seven thousand five hundred ninety-four. Oh, okay. So it's not one of the larger stadiums. Yeah, that's not going to be much. Okay. No, it's not like uh, you know Dallas Cowboys Stadium, which could hold hundred thousand or so. Five, I think it's ninety or a hundred. So right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like those are right. huge football stadiums. Maybe yeah, even yeah, I don't yeah. know how large the one in in Arizona where the Cardinals play. That mm-hmm. might be up somewhere around there, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know for sure. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Mister Cool Car nine one one. I'm sorry, Mister Cool Carl. Oh, Cool Car, Cool Carl. All right. I was going to cool ask Carl. what kind of cool car does Mister Cool Car have? I don't know. Maybe he's got a cool car. He's cool. Maybe. Carl. He asks. Jimmy's reason for betraying Jay was fear of Jay becoming more like Roman. To me, it felt like kind of a letdown. How or what way would you make that part of the story better? You know, it's it's one of those tropes in wrestling where people don't talk when the sh- the show's not happening, mm-hmm. because that mm-hmm. felt like a, a conversation that Jay and Jimmy, you know, in theory could have and should have had before the match, where yeah, Jimmy right. expressed to Jay, I understand J- Jimmy was supposed to be in the hospital, but what did J- Jay not visit him in the hospital? Yeah, right. Yeah, I know, right. Or yeah. call him or text him or something. Yeah. Anyways, whereas a conversation to be had where Jimmy's like, hey. You better watch out. Become tribal chief. You can come like Roman, and that's kind of scary. And what does that mean for us? Like, yeah, express right, yeah. these these reservations he has about this match. And Jay could sit and listen and be like, "No, I understand that, Oose. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're gonna do this together. Got on lock. Problem solved. Problem then, solved. then. So I, I get it in the sense that it's, it's it's a rationale. It's not a bad reason for the attack, but yeah. it's a rationale that seems like all right. Well, they just should have talked about that beforehand. You know, if. We had seen in some place during the story in the lead up or in between, uh, you know, the SummerSlam match and preceding that by like a couple months or something. Once the idea of Jay potentially having been tribal chief was broached, maybe they could have shown us hints at what Jay would have been like as tribal chief. And if it's stuff that Jimmy is uneasy with, or we mm-hmm. get little hints that Jimmy's uneasy with it along the way. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could have made that point that Jimmy was making a bit more palatable. I thought it was an effective segment, but I do agree that it sort of came out of nowhere. Um, so yeah. 
yeah, as far as how to make that part of the story better, I mean, maybe this is not Jimmy's true rationale. Maybe this yeah, isn't his true be. motives. Maybe he's, he's under the thumb of Roman. He's trying to manipulate Jay like Roman has done for mm-hmm. years. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and, and, and it remains to be seen. Is, is Jimmy going to go back to the bloodline now that he's been kind of rejected by his brother? So right. it remains to be seen where the story is going to go from here. So it's, it's kind of hard to really say, well, is this the right turn for the story to take or not? I know initially it seems like a lot of people were kind of let down by it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. See see where the story goes, and that kind of uh, dovetails our next question here from Jimmy Thomas. How long do you think Triple H getting the benefit of the doubt for bad booking and stories getting the Vince got to it excuse? So essentially, how much more, how much longer will Triple H still get the benefit of the doubt, even if you know some of the creative isn't top-notch um, and won't be just kind of written off as, well, Vince got his hands on it? Because everything Triple H does is great, and everything Vince does is bad, bad, bad. It's garbage. Um, I'll say this. I think that for some people who have gone with the narrative, as false as I think it is, that Vince putting his hands on things is bad, Triple H, anything he does is good, will last as long as there's definitive proof that Vince is not doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think some of these people are, are even above conspiracy theories about like, Oh, well they see, yeah. Oh, he's it. You know, he's, he's Vince is gone. Doesn't matter. He's still, I know he's still doing it because this part here was bad. Yeah. Um, it would have to be once the, the deal is sealed and, uh, Endeavor exercises their six to five, uh, advantage to kick Vince out Mm -hmm. at that point. I think maybe that chatter will die down. But until Vince, for, for, for a certain segment of fans, until Vince is completely out of the picture, they're never going to believe it. Um, at this point, you know, dude, I, I don't even give Triple H necessarily the benefit of the doubt when it comes to certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the women's division, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always pleasantly surprised when they do really cool things with it. I yeah. do appreciate that they have a hell of a lot more stories going on than AEW does. Yep. Um, but you know, SummerSlam, I view SummerSlam, my own personal conspiracy theory is Vince ain't doing shit right now. Mm -hmm. Summer, I look at SummerSlam and maybe, maybe there are holdover Vince-isms like the alliterative names. I think maybe to keep, if I, I think Vince rehabbing or going through whatever he's going through with his back surgery, I, we haven't heard anything lately about show being changed around excessively or mm-hmm. Vince had his hands in it. I think that's because he ain't around. I think SummerSlam was completely a Triple H affair. Yep. yep. Um, and that's for good or for bad. So yep. I, I, at this point, I think it's Triple H. And when there are uh, create lazy creative elements or misfires, I put it on Triple H. Same. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got to understand that Triple H sat in the learning tree of Vince for a very long time. And while they don't, mm-hmm. obviously, from a creative standpoint, agree on everything, you know, it, I think Triple H has spoken about this. How I mean, I think just lately he said there wouldn't be professional wrestling if Vince essentially hadn't taken WWE national, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's certain aspects of how Vince approaches creative that I think Triple H appreciates and oh, sees yeah. in the past has been successful and is probably hesitant to run away from. 
it would be the the scariest thing in the world to you've got a, you've got a company that is um it's built off of these billion dollar tv and streaming deals mm -hmm. you are not going to change the formula not that wholesale. much nope. nope no way nope 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 yeah we haven't seen i mean just what about a year plus of triple h more or less day-to-day -day being in charge of creative and we've seen changes i'm not going to say there hasn't been changes but has there been a sea change in terms of w's creative no no, 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 it's been it's been a more a streamlined forward moving version of what we got before. Mm -hmm. It's it's I mean, honestly, a lot of it feels like, I don't know, mid aughts because I think Triple H had a lot of power back when he back yeah. then. And and I th and I think there was not a power struggle. I think he just had sway with Vince. He had Vince's ear. And at a certain point, Vince saw Triple H as either competition or not good enough when NXT died. And that's when the bad, th you know, that's when it started yeah, yeah, really yeah. going to shit. But, um, but no, I, no, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I lost my, I lost my point here. Sorry. That's all right. We can move yeah, on. Luis, your ass. I said what I wanted to say. Luis asked, was Vince Russo's crash TV really as bad as people remember? I think yes. I think Luis just answered his own question. <laughs> Luis answered his own question. Ask Steve Larson and Luis. Luis there we go. Says Luis yes. says yes. Crash TV. Crash TV, bro. Larson, bro. What do you think about Crash TV, bro? You know, a lot of people look back at the Attitude Era as the Halcyon days professional wrestling. Um, and in terms of the energy, the the, the how, how pro wrestling seemed vital in terms of popular culture, you know, we have yet to really get to that point ever again. Uh, that being said, there's a lot on Vince Russo Raws that was garbage. Absolute yeah. garbage. Garbage. A lot of his stuff he did in WCW was absolute garbage. Yeah. Um, in terms of the general philosophy of throwing so much at, at, at a, a, a viewer at home that they just can't turn the channel... I understand that if it fit the times, yeah, you know, it, and and it made the it made the episodes of Raw, especially not so much WCW, but Raw at the time, just felt like because he had stories crossing over and everybody was doing something. Yeah, let's right, say yeah. what they're doing was good or not, but they were doing yeah. something, and stuff would happen backstage that lead to stuff happening in the ring and vice versa, and 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 there was no you didn't have the opportunity to catch your breath watching those episodes of Raw. Yeah, right, and for yeah. that time period, it it, the, the, it like I said, it just had that energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to say it's 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 not across the board awful, but I'm also going to say yeah, he, he's a, a creative genius that that should be revered because that's not true either. There was good yeah. and there was a lot of bad. Yeah, dude, I don't know what influence he had specifically. Russo had. Mm -hmm. When it came to transitioning from 95, 96 raw into 96, mm -hmm. 97 raw and then yep. 98, which is where it really took off. Yeah. I don't know if the crash TV concept was something that because there is a big difference between 95 raw and 97 raw there. Oh, yeah. It's that talk about a sea change. Yeah. And if Vince Russo was responsible for sort of, you know, uh, uh, injecting some adrenaline into yeah. um, the product because it was slow and lethargic and boring in 95. And then by the time we got to 97, like you said, it, it feels vital and energetic. Mm -hmm. 
And if that shot of adrenaline right there mm-hmm. was was largely due to Vince Russo, and I don't know that it was, yeah. Yeah. but if that was the case, he deserves a lot of credit yeah. for that because the, you know it it did get really the energy was kind of everything you yeah, know it really was it really um was. i don't know that i'll ever agree with you should have 3 minute matches instead of 15 minute matches yeah. um and and then yeah you know just so many segments and backs i mean if you want talky tv you know there's a lot of that but it's all you know a lot of it was entertaining a lot of it was cringy and so, you know, with the credit that you give, you also have to, you know, levy the criticism Indeed. that a lot of it was cringy. But at the time, like they were going for a certain thing and, you know, you and I were eating it up mm-hmm. as it was playing out. It wasn't until later on, uh, you know, when you look back on it, like a lot of stuff that you say, oh, this is kind of garbage. But really, honestly, Vince Russo unfiltered with WCW was unwatchable. It really was. And at that point, you have to ask yourself, like how much like how much did he really bring to the table mm-hmm. when his ideas unfiltered were just complete garbage yeah they were garbage absolute garbage uh michael scalamini here asked started rewatching lucha underground while deployed and honestly love the cutscene nature of the show do you think WAW or any promotion would benefit from doing this or not if so what style should it be filmed in so i wonder if I don't think WB has any inclination to change the visual language of their wrestling show. They've been doing it for 40 years or whatever. I don't think they're going to change because it's worked for them. Yeah. I think the issue with a, a approach like Lucha Underground is that it takes time and it costs money. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, when you shoot stuff cinematically, mm-hmm. it, it, it takes more time than just setting up a camera and having someone drop a promo. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know... I don't know if that's something that can be used on a regular ba- basis 52 weeks a year. Lucha yeah, Underground was yeah. not on every week. They had seasons. Mm-hmm. So they could produce this stuff up. Yeah. If you're a, a weekly touring wrestling show, I just don't know if there is the time yeah. to do that. Um, I do uh, miss, the, yeah. I say this all the time, I miss the fly on the wall stuff Impact used to do. I wish we'd see, see more of that. I agree. I think that's the one element of production that, WWE and AEW, I would love to see them bring because it's not that different from what they do now. Nope. But it is, but it is um, a very interesting and more organic way of of capturing moments. Um, as far as Lucha Underground stuff, it's a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. I think if WWE or AEW caught wind that they thought they can get ratings with it, they might. I don't think that there's any chance. I, I I personally don't see that being that format being something that would do anything but tank their ratings. It's so different, mm-hmm. and and I I think it's great. I think it's awesome, but it's so different from what millions of people watch every week that they it'd be like when Vince put WWF on uh, Turner. It's like what is this shit? Like yeah. you know, it's like why are they doing this like little mini movies? Is 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 this like a you know L, uh, Hollywood goes L A thing again? What is going on right now? Um, so yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they would do it. And I don't really think they'd benefit from it. If if WWE ever decided to to, to try out like a little sub mini promotion thing, mm-hmm. and, and like NXT, but even like you know lower than that, and and give a go. You know, I'd be interested in it, yeah. But uh, I don't suspect it would, it would, it would do anything business wise. You're right; it costs a lot of money to do that. Yeah, it does. It does. 
Uh, we can lightning around a few questions. Uh, Nikhil here asks, when is John Gargano returning to Raw? I don't know. It was his birthday the other day. Yeah, it was. On Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on Monday. I don't know. Um, I mean, they just had soon. a show apparently in Cleveland. He wasn't even on there. He's from Cleveland. Yeah, apparently he's been cleared. He's ready to go. Um, I, I, you know, he Maybe they're waiting. Maybe Triple H is having him wait out Vince. I don't know. Because Vince seems to not want to be into the way. Uh, and uh, and I think Triple H really wants to do that. So Maybe. Or maybe it's more of a DIY we'll thing where, he, where Triple H really wants Champa and Gargano to get back together. That could be. That could be, yeah. yeah. Uh, Aussie here asks, at what point do you think Kaiser and or Vinci turn on Gunther and start moving down their own paths? Do you think it's a few years or within the next year? The way Gunther's talking, it's going to happen next week, with, at least with Vinci. No kidding, yeah. I could see Mart- uh, Bartel. I could, I could totally see Marcel Bartel turning on Gunther at some point. I could see them rolling with him big time. Yeah. I don't know. I think that Fabian Eichner, I think he's a really good wrestler. He is. But Bartel is getting there as a character. He's really, he's really coming to his own. He, he really is. Yeah, he's. Good. I want to see it good. for Giovanni Vinci too, though. Yeah. Uh, Time more here asks why are wrestling fans fickle? Fickle. Oh, yeah. Are we just conditioned to believe that the first bit of a story not going the way we like means it's ruined, and have storylines these days improve when it comes to dealing with ups and downs and quality? You know, man. Here's the thing. I don't view it as fickle. I view it as responding to the changing nature of narrative stories. Mm-hmm. You know, if if there's a shit season of a TV show, people are going to complain about it. But if that TV show picks up a new showrunner and they start putting out some really cool stuff, they're going to like it. Yeah. Um, and I think wrestling is the same way. Uh There's also, you know, I think you referred to it as like Vince PTSD or I did or somebody did where we're so conditioned of for decades of all these weird Vincisms and sometimes just plain illogical storytelling. I mean, the last mm-hmm. three or four years of Vince has been are almost unwatchable. It yeah. was horrible. Like he, he would obviously there was so lazy and he would forget shit. And it, it, it became obvious that he simply was not fit to be running that show mm-hmm. or the shows. And uh, and and I think we got used to that. So people are less willing to let things play out when at this point they should probably let things play out a bit. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Justin Sider says in honor of the Frito burrito returning with spicy Fritos. This is news to me. Yeah, I didn't know about this either. Uh, What match type should make a comeback and how would you spice it up? This is what you do. Mm -hmm. You do an inferno match. But yeah. It's a Del Taco Inferno match. Rather than flames coming up around the sing, the ring, they they shoot hot sauce towards Ooh, the competitors. Ooh, wow. Mm, get that in your eye. Yeah, yeah I know. That'd be good. Um, I like the Inferno match. I'm going to say uh, you do something like um, like maybe like a pizza place integration mm. where it's a beat the clock challenge, mm-hmm. but it's when the oven timer goes off. Oh. When the pizza's ready to be it. That's good. And if there the match is over by the time the pizza's done, guess what? Someone else gets the pizza, not the winner yeah, of the match. Else. Right, exactly. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Just a hippo asked if Edge went to AEW, what his name be? Adam Just a hippo so suggests poor. Cliff. Yeah, that's terrible. I saw that too. <laughs> I saw. I silently judged him. Um, uh, It'll probably Adam just Copeland. be Adam Copeland. It'll probably just be Adam Copeland. Pearl Jam fan number one. 
Okay, what's a Pearl Jam song he could be? See, that's interesting. Named after. What about Deep? <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, what about uh, what about uh, Red Mosquito? Okay, that's There's something. One. That's one. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of like what we're doing right now. Let's see what other ones are there. Uh, Pearl J <laughs> he could be Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, a, how about this? The lead better. Oh, there we go. Uh, Edge had a, like a Pearl Jam con, uh, podcast at one point where they <laughs> yeah, talk about live shows. How about this? Better man. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Oh, here we go. Essentials. We'll go into his. Oh, how about this? Oh my God, who's here in the AW zone? It's elderly woman behind the counter. <laughs> Uh, what about dissident? Nothing man. Oh, that's good. Oh, nothing man. How about this? So, so uh, when he shows up at AW, they play uh, "Off He Goes" from No Code. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Off he goes. Yeah, that's good. The Black Circle. There's plenty of good options here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of good options here. All right. After Pearl Jam song, that's the way to go. Lightning bolt. Uh, Jack Napier, would you rather have never have a long boy chicken sandwich again or never watch AEW again? You know what he should do? I'm sorry, I'm stuck on this. You know what okay. he should do? Yeah. Take a couple of like his favorite bands. Yeah. And and do the thing that like didn't uh what's his face? Uh Corey Graves on the indie circuit. I think he took like Maynard's name. It was like Maynard yeah. Maynard from Tool. Full, yeah. Yeah, Maynard from Tool, and then he used like another name for his yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, name. yeah, yeah. So knowing that Edge loves Pearl Jam. He should be Stone, Stone Mike, Jeff. That's a lot. Vetter. It'd be Stone Vetter. Stone Vetter, yeah. St that's a cool name Stone right Vetter. there, man. That's a, yeah. All right, Jack Napier. Would you rather never have a, a long chicken sandwich again or never watch AEW again? So let's divorce ourselves from the idea that this is our job. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can make myself a pretty good chicken sandwich. Like, I could make that for myself. I could put on a bunch of mayonnaise and chop up the lettuce real fine and stuff and be a decent facsimile of the long boy chicken sandwich. The only thing that it doesn't have is the, the nostalgia factor. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that chicken patty, it's not unique. No, it's not. It's the same, probably the same one you got in, in, in middle school. I know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I can go to Winco and find, like, a pretty decent, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be that I, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'll never go to Burger King. I could probably, I wouldn't want to, but I could probably stop going to Burger King for the rest of my life and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think I, I could too. probably be fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex Foster asks, at what point does it become too late for a wrestler to be pushed as a main eventer? For example, would it hypothetically be seen as a bad thing if Nakamura won the belt? Not at all. So... I understand. I think I get the point of the question, though. Like, okay, I'll give you an example. And I know that he has a lot of fans, and I'm a fan of his too. But Chad Gable, yeah, a lot of I've seen this sentiment on on Twitter and whatnot. People saying, "Oh man, he's he's basically just Kurt Angle. Push him to the moon." The problem is, for the past five years, he's been a big nothing. And in the world like dude when you're watching like i don't know tv shows or movies or whatever that have stretched over seasons you got to see the journey of somebody develop into a major player exactly yeah and 
that can't come quick. And no. it's difficult for me to forget that there's been five years of Chad Gable being underused, being shorty G, uh, being a guy who just doesn't ever win matches for me to believe he's going to take that title off Gunther. Totally. You know? Yeah. And so the same thing with Nakamura. I would love for them to put the title on him, but I also appreciate that they know that he has been done such a disservice. They put him with, I love Boogs, but they put him with Boogs. I know. Um, and they just made him into a big nothing. He was a guy who couldn't win matches. Mm-hmm. Now I'm supposed to believe he can win a match against Seth Rollins. Well, I liked what they're doing with his character and that his character realizes that. So he's trying to overcome that. I kind of wish there was a build to this, though, where we see him dominating a lot more people than just Bronson Reed. I know. I know. I mean, in Nakamura's case, he's been a 50-50 wrestler since he's come back. Mm-hmm. Now that Triple H, you know, took over creative. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Now, if it's, if it's a situation with Gable where they're like, all right, we're going to have a main event push, and within two months, he's contending for the World Heavyweight Championship. No, I don't think he has any chance to win it. Mm-hmm, yeah. But if they take a year, year and a half, oh yeah, 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 to build the story and have them go on a winning streak and win more yeah. often than not, yeah, that is believable. It just can't come yeah. out of nowhere. It, it doesn't right, matter. Exactly. I don't think it, it matters if the wrestler's thirty or forty or fifty. If if the story is intriguing and they're believable in the build up to them winning the title, no, I don't think there's ever a point where it's too late. That's why there there needs to be a why. Like yeah. why is he winning all of a sudden? Yeah, it was a problem with gender. I, I believe if they took a year for gender to like build him up and, and tell us why he's good now, exactly. you know, why is it he can compete now? Um, if they told that story, I think gender would have been more of a success or at least people would have bought into it more, but exactly. he came out of nowhere yeah, yeah. and then, and then he was the champion. It was like, Oh, cause it's a business. They're going to India. Yeah. That's why. I mean, the story was he got in really good shape, which he did get in phenomenal shape. Yeah, he got shape. phenomenal shape. But, but it's like, let's see some like vignettes of him doing that and then get, get him on the path to where he's winning. And people are like, oh, my God, he got in such good shape. Now he's winning all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Carlos Diaz wants us to power rank some stings. They oh, are. Wow. Surfer. Crow. Da, 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 da. Wolfpack. Joker. Mm. Main event Mafia. And mm. Darby's Weird Uncle. Crow's number one. Crow's Crow's top sting. Crow beat Hogan. Gosh, I'm so tempted to say Joker Sting's number two. Joker Sting is a lot. I I don't see a lot of it, but what I've seen is a lot of fun. So I'll say this. Might be controversial. Hmm. Sting never should have been Wolfpack. I agree. I'm going to put him at the bottom of the list. I'm going to put Main Event Mafia Sting at the bottom. Simply, I don't know anything about Main Event Mafia Sting. I just know from the uh, Tito Ortiz video. Yeah. I think he was just, it was just Sting, but he didn't wear makeup. I think so. But then he wasn't wearing the face paint when he did the Hunter Jeff Jarrett. So if that's main event Mafia Sting, then that's higher on the list. Yeah, that's my thing is that there's sort of a big unknown. There is. But I would, you know, man, I like, I I wouldn't mind going back and revisiting. Maybe somebody has like a video about the main, like best of main event Mafia. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like it was probably really entertaining. Maybe. Maybe. Um, A lot of entertaining people in that faction. Here is my power rank. All right, sure. Number one, top of the pops is Crow Sting. Crow. To me, number two, it's AEW Sting. This dude is doing all sorts of crazy stuff. He's wildly entertaining, and he's responsible for my favorite moment in AEW ever mm-hmm. when Darby Allen lost the title to Rusev. Hmm. Um, did you call him Rusev? Num- I did. 
Number three hey, uh, is going to be Surfer Sting because he's the guy who invented or was the the term Sting money was invented for. That's true. It's true. Uh, and then uh, and then it'll be main event Mafia because I think he's probably just having fun doing that shit. Yeah. Then I got to put Joker Sting. There. Wow. I just don't. Yeah, it's it's too much. I, I want to say he's cool and funny and everything. I maybe I just need more. Need to see more. And then finally is Wolfpack Sting. All right. I'll go. I'll go Crow. Mm-hmm. Tops. Surfer Sting. Mm-hmm. Probably Current Sting. Yeah. Then Joker. Joker. Then then Mafia and the Wolfpack. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like, I can revisit Wolfpack, but I don't know why. why it didn't why really it? make a whole lot of sense while Sting would join the Wolfpack. I don't know. They're still okay. NWO. Yeah, I know. It's just like uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Maybe. Is that what know. it was? I don't That's know. Because Luger was in it. He's like, sure, I'll be. I'll oh, be in the Wolfpack. Be, yeah. Like they I always wanted to try red. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Any, more, any more questions? Did, I mean, there's plenty did. more. Here, but let's do this one from uh, Mikey. If Jay Uso actually did quit and go to AEW, who should he feud with? Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, uh, CM Punk. He says, you think you're running a bloodline over here? You think you're Roman? He said, FTR bald because said that you're on par with Roman. I don't think so. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think so, so, champ Oops. kind. I don't think so. You're, you're, he's no he's no Roman Reigns. I know I know Joe Anoa'i. Anoa'i? Yeah, he said, I'm going to take that title off you, and then he does. He does. Now I'm a real world champion. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Josh Fatu is now real world champion. Right, exactly. Who would you have him feud with? See, I'd tell the story of him getting to that point. Mm, yeah, right, right. So I was thinking other brother tag teams in AEW. Have him feud with Pentagon Jr. I think that'd be great. Awesome. Oh, there you match. go. That match would be phenomenal. That's good. I like that. Be uh, really we'll good. end on this one from our uh, current big blue champion, the champ, mm. Fear and Loathing. Champ, Fear and Loathing. Says, uh, was last night the loudest booze for a heel since Seattle did it to Kevin Owens and Elias? I'm sure. Oh, so we're to talking about Monday Night Raw on Monday. Yeah, with Dom yeah. getting booed. You couldn't even hear him talk, basically. That's yeah, such that a common really, occurrence really with him. It, it, Monday was extra loud. I was kind of surprised. Was really like, loud. oh, my God, that's loud. Maybe it was the acoustics of the building, or maybe it was just the passionate fans. I don't know. But they, you know, they, they really brought it. Um, and I don't Maybe, maybe it did stand out, and he gets it booed did. a lot, and yeah. they, they're really loud. But there was something different about Monday. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there was. There was. Yeah, absolutely. Did you hear uh, Logan Paul uh, wanted to pitch him and Dom in a tag team? It was wow. like a super heel tag team. I, I don't hate it. I think I could be. No, I don't, cool. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it either. I also appreciate that Logan Paul's fantasy booking himself and stuff. Yeah, kind of shows that he really likes doing that. You know. Well, he he understands the concept of getting heat and, and knows how it could be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. In the world yeah. of professional wrestling, that is. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. He knows about getting heat on the outside, too. Yeah, he does. That he does. That he does. All right. That's good. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Like we said earlier, if you want your question in on the Wednesday episodes, uh, then uh, go over to patreon.com slash Stephen Larson, or you can click join on the YouTube. Also, do us a favor. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Thanks for watching, everybody. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.